Talking Dogs on Thursday with Barry Drake. For all the latest Greyhound racing news, check out grisland.ie forward slash Talking Dogs. Hello and welcome along to episode 46 of Talking Dogs on Thursday with myself, Barry Drake, another great guest and passionate Greyhound supporter um, on this week's podcast. And we're going to say hello to Paul Carpenter, who's based in Reading in the UK. He's got a huge interest uh, within Irish Greyhound racing, um, an owner here in Ireland as well. So, Paul, a big welcome to the podcast. Good afternoon, Barry. Yeah, it's uh, it's great to be with you, and um, thanks very much. Lovely weather, and uh, I'm delighted to, to 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 be part of the podcast. And thanks very much for asking me. Yeah, Paul, uh, great to have you on it. I have to say I've been excited um, about having this chat over the last couple of days. We've been, I suppose, Twitter friends uh, for, for quite some time now. And just in terms of, of, of Twitter, isn't it? We're, we're very lucky to have it because there's great um, friendships there within Greyhound uh, people, not just in Ireland and the UK, but all over the world. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, uh, it's a little little band of us now that, that, that are all on there and people use them. Um, social media to, to get in touch with people and we can all follow each other's dogs and it's it's good fun and toaster being on at the moment with the derby it was uh it was nice because you know you, you talk to people on on twitter and some of the lads have come over from ireland and scotland and you know we've, we've said i oh, will meet up on friday night or saturday night and uh yeah it's nice to put some some faces to, to names that you uh that you see on Twitter and you talk to Barry so yeah it's a, it's it's a good use of social media to meet people in the sport without a doubt and uh, in, in a short way we, we will touch on your interests uh, within Irish Greyhound Racing but uh, firstly Paul tell us how it all started for you and your introduction and love for the sport where did that all come from? Um, probably my mum Barry initially I mean I was uh, I was just a kid probably back in the late 60s I suppose um, I started going racing that's the first I can remember I used to go to a place called Park Royal which was a, a track up in, in uh, Northwest 10 in London um, I'd probably been I don't know um, a few times there with my mum and my dad they had a fish and chip shop in those days and I, ate, I I used to work in the shop a little bit. Sadly, I ate more than I sold, which was uh, probably due to the, <laughs> up the size I am. But uh, it was uh, it was a good experience because mum and dad would take me on a Monday when the shop was shut, and I'd run around picking up tickets and seeing what it was all about. But I could I can always remember going there as a as a kid and and seeing the dogs and and, and from that moment on, really, I was pretty much hooked. Um, I just to think I just it was just just great fun and great sport. Mum loved it. Dad didn't. Dad was never really that keen, but uh, Mum would sit there and do one and six reverse through the card all day and have a few gin and sonics, and she was very happy. So yeah, I was I, I was allowed to go during the school holidays. So that was really where it all started, Barry. Yeah, and from from there I ended up um, going to Slough and places like that, and. Uh, um, if 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 I was um, if I was a loose one, then I would I would either go greyhound racing or I'd, I'd go ten bin bowling. Um, bowling was a, a huge part of my youth as a kid growing up, and uh, I got to a pretty good level at that. And um, it was a toss up between greyhounds and and, and bowling. So uh, um, in the end, um, uh, the, the greyhounds won, shall we say? And I, I, I gave up bowling, but. Uh, that is where it all started, probably Park Royal and Slough and then Walthamstow. 
Um, and uh, sadly, I never saw I never saw places like the White City or um, Hackney or Haringey, those sort of places. But I could always remember in the 70s and 80s um, watching the the um, the horse racing on a Saturday afternoon, and then every now and again when the weather was bad. Um, there was a program I think in, in those times called um, World of Sport, Barry. You, you may have remembered that. I don't know, but uh, they, they had um, the dogs on there on a Saturday afternoon when the weather was bad, and uh, it was a filler for the horse racing. So uh, if there were the dogs were on the television, I'd never miss it, and that, that was great. And that kind of led me on to watching the, the TB Trophy and things like that, and Harry Carpenter, and uh, not a, not a relation I might add, but. Uh, yeah, I always remember him doing the TV trophy and things like that on the TV. So it was, uh, it was, it was that was all really the starting point. And everybody um, told me that that White City was was very special. But uh, sadly, I didn't see that. But I, I got to see Wembley and, and places like that when I was when I was growing up and first started. And I remember dogs like Patricia's Hope, Deloitte's Rocket, Indian Joe, and hit the lead, Arm Slippy, things like that. So. That was really my, my youth, I suppose, was yeah, um, Park Royal, Slough, um, Walthamstow, and then Hove, uh, uh, and places like that. Great memories, um, Paul. And uh, tell us uh, about ownership. Where did that all start, or how did you get involved in ownership? Well, I suppose you know, I would go, I would go to places like Hove and Walthamstow as I was as I was getting older, and, and you know, working and and, and earn the living so to speak and, and they were two great tracks and you'd see dogs like Valley Regan Bob and Glyn Bridge and these sort of dogs and I remember George Curtis and then you'd go to Wembley and watch the great Skirlog Champ and all this sort of stuff and uh, you know you'd stand there and watch them on the on the terraces and I could always remember the people cheering and, and, and thinking you know wow um, wouldn't it be great to, to have a dog running, you know, at one of those tracks one day and, and being an owner? Um, and eventually, I, I I I decided that you know to buy a dog. And I I think the very first real decent dog I ever owned, Barry was a was a believe it or not was a was a dog called Droopy's Phil, um, and I, I ran him at Walthamstow. Uh, he he got to the a couple of finals for me round there and he was trained by um uh, the late Gary Bags who who won the derby um later uh, on and um uh, I funnily enough there was a little story to Droopy's Phil I bought him from the from the Dumpties um but I actually sold him to Vinnie Jones <laughs> um <laughs> Vinnie Jones had just kind of got into to race he, he he's been some character hasn't he Oh, he was—he was—he's great for the sport, and he, he loves—he loves his greyhounds. And uh, he was an owner of, of, of Gary's. And um, yeah, I—I I, 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 I met a few people around that time, Michael being one of them. And he always said to me that, you know, if you, if you buy them, and then you know, if you, you've got to try and move them on, if you keep them too long, they can be, you know, be very expensive. And then. So if you get a chance to move them on and then go again and this sort of stuff and, and reinvest it and so yeah I, we got to a couple of finals with Droopy's Phil and he was a nice nice little pup and Vinny was looking for a nice dog and Gary had said to me that you know if, if I was thinking about selling him Vinny would you know Vinny might be interested so Gary set the deal up for me and yeah we we sold Phil um, 
to, 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 to Vinnie. Um, it's funny because there was a, a book around that time as well, Barry, called The Ultimate Greyhound, which I didn't know for, for many years later, but we took a lovely picture of, of Phil in, in Gary's, um, Gary's grounds out on the, out on the grass there. And somehow that picture ended up as the cover uh, on, a, on a book called The Ultimate Greyhound. If you ever if you ever see it or look at it on the internet, you can Google it. And uh, the actual picture of a, of a fawn dog on the on the front of it is actually Droopy's Phil. And um, I've, I've still got that picture up on the wall in my study. Um, I never knew they took it. I never knew they used it. Nobody ever gave me any money for it. But uh, yeah, it's him. And uh, he was he was a great little dog. So I suppose he was really the first one and, and um, he, he got me started in it um, and then uh, from there just very quickly I, I, I was at the Walthamstow sales and I bought a, a dog from Ireland called Knockraw Dandy he was a nice dog a little dog called Coolagorn Abino um, he came from the Coolagorn man I think it was uh, Paddy McClockney I think or Charlie McClockney um, I bought him from there for the first dog I had that got to a final in Ireland as an owner was a was a dog I bought from the old Cork track, Barry. It was um, the Western Road track. He, he was called First Watch. He was called Teresa's Double when he was in Ireland, but I um, I, I, I renamed him First Watch. It was a, a restaurant that I'd been to in Naples in Florida years ago, and it was uh, I'd always thought that would be a nice name for a ground and. Um, he was he was lucky for me. He got to the final of the Produce Stakes the year um, Born a Gem won it, which I think was 1999, 2000, something like that. But he was a nice dog, and and um, the other uh, the other two dogs that I had from Ireland in, in those days were, that were were any good. I had a dog called Handsome Reward. He he won the Derry Derby. He came um, from uh, Desi Lockery, who I I ended up being good friends with. Um, before he passed and uh, Desi had put me in touch with this dog and said he was the third bend in Derry he had, was very good so I, I, I bought him and we got to the final of the Trafalgar Cup at Oxford with him he was an, a nice dog and then um, I, cut, I bought a dog from your track Barry from Yule um, uh, he was called Rossa Ranger um, he was a, a lovely dog he came from um, um, uh, I can't remember the lad's name now um, uh, no it's gone I can't remember it'll come to me in a minute but I, I went over to Yule on a Saturday morning and watched him trial Ross Ranger and I, I, I paid a, a, a princely princely sum for him in those days um, I think he was about eight grand and uh, unfortunately in his very first race in England he was he was well clear and um, decided to wait and um, turned his head and that was that. So uh, um, that was a, a, an expensive um, error. But he was a very fast dog and he ended up being a, a great hurdler. I sold him for, for little or nothing and he got resold to Ricky Holloway, believe it or not. And he ended up um, a prolific winner over the hurdles for Ricky and he won the Springbok um, and a few other nice hurdle competitions. But uh, he, he came from Yule. He was a, he was a nice, nice dog. The English, I suppose, supporters of greyhound racing, they, they follow Irish racing um, closely because uh, a large m- number of the greyhounds that run in the UK are purchased from, from Ireland, um, Paul. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I guess it would have been around the mid-90s, something like that. You know, I first started going to Ireland and 
I'd realised by then that all the best dogs, obviously, you know, with a few exceptions, um, were mainly bred and reared in Ireland, Barry. And I, I kept seeing Dally Mac, Droopies, Farlow, you know, these prefixes on a lot of nice dogs. So what I would do is I'd fly over to Ireland at the weekends, you know, literally just to go, go racing or I'd put the car on the boat and go over to Waterford and go in that way. Um, I can remember going to Harold's Cross on a, on a Friday and then Shelburne on a Saturday. You know, in those days, I'll be perfectly honest with you, I so wanted to buy a really good dog and be able to, to compete with the big boys. But to be to be perfectly honest, I had no idea then, um, I know now, how difficult it is, is to buy that, you know, elusive good dog. You know, it doesn't matter how much you spend. You you need that magic ingredient, Barry. You, you know, you, you can get... you can buy these dogs and um you just you, you you need to be you need to be lucky mate it's it's really it's an expensive hobby it's a great hobby and i love it to pieces but buying that really good dog is very hard and as i said it doesn't really matter how much you spend you just need that little bit of luck but i, I would go to cork and i'd go to yule um and I, and I and I really loved it. I mean, going over at the weekends, there was a, a gentleman I remember in, in, in the old cork track called Tony McCarthy, who I think was the was the clock man there. He was very helpful to me when I was looking to buy dogs, and um, he was he was uh, a good good guide for me in those days. And um, I went to remember going to the Droopy Stud, and I, I met Michael and Sean. Um, I'll be honest, when I drove into their, their place for the very first time, I'd never seen so many pups and greyhounds. You know, you're pushing them off as you're getting out. <laughs> it was uh, it was quite... A, like, like, like a child going to a candy store. Oh, they were just everywhere. And I mean, I, I mean that stud obviously went on. I mean, I'm, I'm going back, like I said, you know, a good good sort of 20-odd years now. But um, yeah, I can remember meeting Michael and, and Sean and seeing the pups and seeing the setup they had. I mean, that's now probably one of the, the biggest setups in, in you know, biggest and best droopy the studs in the world, the droopy studs. So um, I remember I remember the guy's name now. Sorry, it was Pat Maguire, a gentleman, a gentleman called Pat Maguire. He was the Rossa man. That's right, yeah. Another one that springs to mind was Rossa Baby. I think she had a couple of track records. Same, same man, I think. Yeah, and, he, and Rossa Baby ended up throwing some good stuff as well. So, And I remember, I mean, Yule was in those days... Barry, um, from memory, Yule was a was a great track to buy from. I think it still is now. You know, if you if you could if you could do a run round Yule, then then nine times out of ten it would pretty much stand up anywhere. Um, so yeah, I, I, I spent a lot of time over there, um, travelling backwards and forwards. You know, looking for those dogs and trying to buy them and bring them over here and and um, and run them. And, and and around that time, I. I met um, Paul uh, and Susan Hennessy, um, who you know I, I made good friends with, and I'd go over there at the weekends, and I'd actually stay there, and it, it was a great time for me personally. I mean, Kevin was just a just a baby, and I remember you know looking after him and babysitting for them, and but that they were they were great times, and I, I remember those very fondly. And uh, I remember Paul taking me out to the kennel one day, and I met Mr. Pickwick. And um, he'd won a couple of laurels. But, That's right. Um, what a dog he was. And I'd, I'd go to the schooling track with Paul and he'd let me hold the dogs in the middle and this sort of thing while he was you know, schooling pups. And I remember one day I lost one. Paul, Paul was not, he wasn't best pleased. He was 
he was on the lead in the middle, jumping up and down when the hair was going round. I didn't have it tight enough, and the, the dog got off, took us half out to catch him. But um, I, I know Paul was the best. best yeah, yeah, I think that 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 would only happen someone once, though. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I tightened it up the next time I was there. I can remember that. And I, I had no idea that at that time, you know, many years later, that uh, Paul would be leading up a winner in, in Heaven Help Us at Cheltenham, which was, uh, you know, an astonishing story. But, uh, yeah, I, I, it was um, great, great memories, Barry. That Nice people. And I met Liam Dowling and the Ballymac and saw that. And, and I used to go down and see Desi Lockery. I mean, another great man with a dog and, and these people kind of guided me and, and, and gave me a lot of, of, of wonderful, wonderful uh, advice. And um, I'll always remember those times very, very fondly. Very, very good, Paul. And in terms of, of recent, in recent years, have you, have you kept many dogs? I've had, I've had a few. What, what, what happened, Barry, was I, I was in the, the logistics business and um, just very, very quickly just to give you a little bit more background on how the Irish bit with me really came about it was good fortune really because I ended up working in Ireland I worked in Dublin I was I was working at Heathrow and um, I was in the logistics business and uh, it was around the time of um, um, mid 1990s to late 20s or 2000s whatever you want to call it that it was the Celtic Tiger I always remember and the, the property market and there was a, a real period of rapid you know economic growth um, in Ireland at that time and it was all to do with the computer industry and there was a massive boom and what happened was I, I was in the logistics business and I used to do a lot of client management and I had a customer called 3Com, which was a big computer networking company, and they'd relocated some of their production um, to Blanchardstown. And um, they asked me if I'd go over there and work with them and, and setting up a distribution system that um, eventually was um, moved from there over to San Francisco and, and Santa Clara. But, yeah, it gave me an opportunity to go and actually work and, and live in Ireland, um, which was fantastic because... You know, once I'd finished work, you know, I could drive out to to, to Lima Valley and see Desi, or I could go up the country and see the the Dumfries or whatever. And and I, you know, I'd go racing most nights, and I'd go around all the tracks, and I'd, I'd do the Waterfords, and I'd do the Enniscorthies, and all this sort of stuff. And um, yeah, it was great. And and that was when I I started I started buying, you know, more dogs. And I can remember one time going out to see in Desi. And um, he said, "I've got a nice little bitch here, but she's um, she's she's got a couple of like I think they were broken metacarpals." And he said, "They'll come right, but you think he thought that she could be really good." And he said, "If you wanted her, you know, she's not expensive. I think she was two and a half or three grand, but he really liked her." And I said, "Go on, I'll, I'll take a chance on her." So I went. I remember driving to Limavady to get some money out on a credit to, card to get to leave Desi a deposit. And on the way back, I'm thinking to myself, Paul, you, you know, this is this is not a good idea, mate. You know, she's she's got broken toes, and you don't know if she'll be all right. And in the, anyway, in the end, Barry, I, I decided against it, and, and Desi was a true gentleman. He said, "Don't worry about it. You know, we'll find something else for you." Um, that bitch, Barry, was Farlow verdict, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and she uh, she didn't turn out to be too bad, did she? Unbelievable. <laughs> True story, yeah, yeah, that was Philo Verdi. And many years later, 
um, if you'll permit me, I, I, I managed to do a do the same thing again. I, I've, I've got a nice little dog in Ireland now called sort of, Droopy's Good, and um, he's with Owen McKenna. But many, many years ago, um, another true story, uh, Owen and I had, had known each other a while when he was over here and training at Wimbledon. Uh, and I'd said to Owen, if you came across anything, you know, you can always give me a ring. And it was only really through contacts that you, you got the chance to buy some of these nice dogs before they went on the market. And anyway, he called me one day and said he had a nice little dog there for sale. I think he was eight grand. Um, and uh, I said to him, well, you know, to be honest with you, Owen, I don't know if he's, you know, if he's good enough. Uh, and Owen said, well, I think he's a nice little dog. And uh, afterwards, I, I said to him, no, I, I said, I think I'll pass on that, that one, Owen. And Owen said to me later afterwards, um, he said, he said, you didn't trust me, did you? And I said, well, I did, Owen. I said, I just didn't think he was good enough. And uh, I said, I'll, I'll pass on it anyway. And um, many years later, we were in the we were at the track at Wimbledon for for a derby night, an English derby night. In, in the, there was a cafe there at the track, and Owen was in there, and he yelled across to me, and he said, Oh, he said, there you are. He said, you sure that little dog's not good enough? And I, I said, I did. I said, no, well, you don't need to remind me, Owen. I, I, it's fine. Thanks very much. And I was with some friends and. They all said, what's, what's all that about? And I said, well, Owen tried to sell me a little dog a while ago. And I said, I didn't think he was good enough. And uh, he turned out to be a dog called Like a Shot. <laughs> Unbelievable. And and just, I suppose, to remind um, our, our listeners, going back to uh, Farlow Verdict first, he he, he won, the, or won the English Greyhound Derby in the early 2000s, I'd say, was it? Yeah, he did, yeah she did in, She did indeed. Yeah. She, she got it really kind of by default. It was a droopy's dog that won the final, but... Um, it was subsequently um, disqualified, um, um, sadly. I can't remember the name of it now, but uh, yeah, Fallow Verdict was, was runner-up and, and, and got awarded the derby, but she, she went on to win some, some great races and many opens for Charlie Lister. And uh, the fellow that bought her was, was a chap called Mark Bates, who, who I knew, but yeah, she, was a, she was a super bitch. But yeah, it was, it's funny how they, we've all got these stories to tell, Barry, but yeah, Two absolute clangers I dropped there in, in Farlow Verdicts and Like a Shot. And it was funny because many years later, probably about the, the, the very first decent dog that I ever owned that was a competition dog and, and, and was, was, was very, very good and, and we had a lot of fun with was, was a dog called Blackstone Marco. Um, he was owned with myself and another two chaps, Kevin Deere, who's a, a good pal of mine, and, and Nick Cheeseman. And we we bought Marco from a, a chap called Paddy Sinnott in, in Kilkenny. And it was funny because I didn't realise that when I bought the dog from, from Paddy that um, the like a shot dog, Paddy had bred him. I, I didn't realise that until many years later. So it was kind of funny how we ended up buying Marco and there was still a link back to like a shot because Paddy had bred it. Um, so, yeah, but Marco was probably the first one Barry that I, I bought from Ireland that we brought over here and we got to some finals with and won some competitions with and uh, yeah he was a super dog Marco he was he was dog of the year at Toaster and I, I wish he was you know still around now because he, he was he was probably one of the best dogs that ever went round Toaster he was a he was a terrific dog and we got to final the Eclipse with him he won the Cesarewitch at Henlow um, yeah, he was a he was a super dog, super super dog. 
You you touched on uh, Droopy's good there, who you have um, in training here in Ireland with Owen McKenna. Already won a, a couple of races. Things haven't gone to plan over, over the last couple of weeks, but um, when when things go when things fall right for him, I'm sure he's going to rattle a big clock at Shelburne Park. Yeah, he, he was he was a dog that that um, we, we'd had some many dogs off of Michael and Sean and and. Um, we, we we were involved with a, a, a fantastic dog that's, that sadly passed away because he got cancer. But um, we bought we bought um, two lovely dogs from from Michael. One was called Droopy Zifa, um, who was in the Gaskin Racing Partnerships name, and we also bought her brother, who was called um, Roman Empire. In Ireland, he was his original name was Droopy's Jonah, and Jonah in England is a kind of a jinx name. So we changed his name to Roman Empire, and he, without a shadow of a doubt, is the, the fastest dog I've ever owned or ever ever likely to own. Barry, he was he was exceptional, and Ernie Gaskin said that he was the fastest dog he'd ever put a lead on. Um, the, the times that he was doing were quite astonishing. When you also consider that he broke a hock when he was a puppy, and Ernie nursed him back, and he did the fastest time round Monmore for like 15 years, and he was uh, he was only thought he would rewrite the record books. He was very very special. He was out of Droopy's Hilda, um, and he was just a fabulous dog. But we got him back from a broken heart, only to lose him then to cancer. And um, I I I was I, I was speaking to Michael, and I said if you get you know another nice nice pup you know there that you know please keep me in mind and. In the meantime, I bought new in Jacko from um, Sherry Ann and, and, and Jim O'Donnell, and uh, we were we were lucky enough to, to win some some competitions with with Jacko. Um, I'd also had a lovely dog called Condotti Alex, who won the East Anglian Derby and the Romford Golden Sprint for us. So you know, I, I'd had some lovely lovely dogs, but then when 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 it all went a bit pear shaped with Roman Empire, that I'll be honest with you, that 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 broke my heart and. Um, I thought enough's enough, but I rung Michael up and Michael said, you know, I've got a nice early paced pup here that, that you can have and, and, and that was Droopy's Good. So I, I bought him and it was at the time when Owen was, was um, um, had Pestana and uh, he was going up to the to the stud there with, with, with Pestana once he'd, he'd, he'd mended his hock and he was going to be on stud duties. So I said to Owen, look, there's a there's a nice little pup there. When you go up next, um, would you pick him up for me and would you train him for me? So uh, Owen said, yeah, yeah, no problem. I'll I'll get him. And um, he took him back. And, and yeah, he, he won his first three races. Um, he, he did some flying times around Clonmel. Um, he's got a lovely little turn of early. We're not exactly 100% sure how far he's going to stay, Barry. But if you're out in front, then they've got to catch you. Um, but as you rightly said, the last couple of races have gone a little bit pear-shaped. But but since um, since those um, those those three races, I had quite a lot of offers for him, and um, I really didn't want to sell him. And I was at Toaster the other week um, for the Derby, the English Derby, and um, I was talking to, to to Graham Box and and, and Beverly Lockhead, who have you know, had Lenson Bocco and many other lovely dogs. And Graham said, "Well, you know, if, if you, you know, you're not going to sell him, are you?" And I said, "Well, no." And he said, "Well, I'll I'll, I'll buy half a share off you." So um, I, I sold um, half a share in Droopy's Good to, to Graham and Bev. 
So um, he's in joint names now, and uh, he'll be running a game um, this Saturday, hopefully in Shelbourne. I think he needs to be closer to the rail, Barry, and he, he got drawn in three, and then he got drawn in four. But the last race he ran, he, um, Owen said he was a little bit fresh and a bit keen, and he totally missed his break. So uh, well, hopefully, you know, he'll um, he'll go back there this Saturday, and um, fingers crossed, he. He, he goes a little bit better, but potentially, um, yeah, he look he looks a nice dog. Yeah, very exciting prospect there uh, for for sure, Paul. And uh, we're wishing you um, the very best of luck with him going forward. Uh, before we finish up, just in terms of Irish Greyhound racing, it's pretty obvious uh, you're a huge fan. Oh, I love it. I mean, um, I think the way they do it and, and the way they run it, I think is is is. Uh, is very 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 good. I think they've got welfare and integrity. Um, are, are the key drivers for for a lot of the greyhound racing in Ireland and in the UK. I think I think going forward, um, both in Ireland and here, um, you know the welfare and the integrity and traceability of greyhounds right from birth right through to retirement and then homing is vital. Um, the more transparent I think the sport can be, better uh, can be can be uh, buried, the better it will be. We, you know, we all need to keep the antis at bay and this sort of thing. So the public perception of our sport, you know, is vital for its future. Um, I think the care centre that they've recently set up and the Irish Retired Greyhound Trust is is an excellent initiative, and um, as were the or as are the the our. Um, Greyhounds of Our Lives series, I think, of videos that they did a little while ago, they were they were brilliant. Um, all these welfare initiatives will, I hope, you know, ensure the future of of, of our our great sport. You know, and uh, as we touched on earlier, social media is also a, a powerful tool. The more positive information we can communicate to the public about our sport, you know, via social media outlets and the better you know let's make the dogs the stars and and tell the stories because you know that's what you know gets people interested and and if we can create stars out of the dogs then people can follow them um and i i think that's how it should be um sadly i think in the uk the the two main beneficiaries are the promoters and the bookmakers whereas the owners and the trainers you know are somewhat neglected whereas in ireland i don't feel that that's the case uh it just doesn't appear to be like that in Ireland. I mean, not everybody will agree with me, but I think the government funding in, in Ireland is a great help. But I also feel the board and the tracks have got it about right and and they, and they look after the customers. I, I feel as an owner, you know, I've always been made to feel welcome in Ireland and the owners and the trainers are more valued, I think, um, than a little bit than here. I think, you know, we've got some catching up to do there. Um, as I said, I'm not sure everyone will agree with that, but as an owner, that's how you know I've been made to feel. Um, that said, I think there's still a little bit of tactical seeding in Ireland, which is the same as here. And you know, we we could look for safer, cleaner racing if some of the trainers were to seed their dogs a little bit more honestly, or racing managers were strong enough to say, you know, no, that dog's not a railer; it's a middle runner or whatever. But uh, the videos, the stories, and all the radio ads, the podcasts. You know what you do, um, Talking Dogs TV, Greyhound Racing Ireland website. I think they're all excellent. All excellent. I can watch my dog run in Ireland um, on the net, um, so it's great. And, and, and the message is, is out there that greyhounds do make good pets. And 
you know, we're getting the message out and you know, the retired, not rescued is, is a great slogan. So, um, yeah, I, I, I love the Irish race. I think the facilities are good. I think the majority of the Irish tracks are excellent and they, they've got it about right. And I, I think, you know, the board have invested wisely in the long term growth of the sport. Obviously, it was sad to lose Howard's Cross, but, uh, you know, it was obviously done for a reason. And I think if the sport wants to grow and attract new larger audiences, it's got to present itself well and to provide these top class facilities. You know, the people that are going to go racing or are going to choose to go racing, they want good service, good food, good racing, good prize money. And I think the product is well presented in Ireland and it, and it feels, as I said, very welcoming. So, uh, you know, I, I enjoy it, Barry, and I think the Irish are, are, great, are great hosts. And um, in Shelbourne, you've probably got one of the best and most hospitable tracks in the world, um, if I'm being perfectly honest. And I, and I just love um, the racing in Ireland, especially on a Saturday. The competition is astonishing and the, the, the strength of the, of, the, of the quality in depth and the prize money, night stars, things like this. I mean, just to have a winner on a Saturday night in, um, in Dublin is an honour. I mean, you know, just to have a dog good enough to win round there um, is, uh, is fantastic. So uh, um, if you want to be the best, you've got to go and beat the best. And I, I decided that, you know, I'd, I'd have a dog in Ireland and I'd, and I'd try and come over there and, um, and take, take, uh, take some of you boys on. We've done <laughs> a few and lost a few, but um, fair, fair. We'll, we'll keep punching, Barry. Fair play. Very good and, and very interesting views there. Paul, before we finish up, I suppose two final questions. Uh, Sporting Press Irish Oaks is ongoing at the moment. I'm sure you'll be shouting on Susie Sapphire in the final for trainer Owen McKenna. <laughs> She's drawn well. She's drawn well, but in, in, in front of Marnie, you've got an absolute machine in Billy's Diva. You've got an exceptional dog, um, the Valley Doyle bitch. I mean, she's special. I mean, what a final! What a final! Um, I mean, it, it's just amazing how you boys over there just keep turning them out. You know, you just they go on and on and on, and, and they just keep coming. And, and uh, the quality, as I said, is scary. I mean, um, but yeah, I'll be cheering. I'll be cheering Susie Sapphire on. I think if she can. If Howie can get her out and she can go bingo, then then she's off the front. They've got to catch her. That, that's that's what I'm hoping one day. That's what Droopy's Good will do. So uh, we'll see. We, when we've got and we're trying to hang on to our English derby. As well. Yeah, the English Greyhound Derby. Paul, if I was to put you under pressure, give us two that um, are the most likely winners in, in in your book. I think if I if I was to go for two from from, from England, I'd have to I'd have to go for Thorn Falcon and, and Highlight Arkle. Uh, two ex Irish dogs. Two Irish dogs, I'd say, Dear Jet Sydney, and I personally like Bocco's Belly. Um, but whether he's English or Irish, I'm not too sure. Yeah, 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 exactly. And I think uh, Torn Falcon and Highlight Arkle, they were, they were both ex Ireland as well, aren't they? Torn Falcon. Well, they're all ex Ireland. Yeah. Got Valley Met Wild, Knock the Ball Sid. Um, I mean, hey, listen, new in session. I mean, hey, we, we've got Roxham Shake and Ten Pin as well, but. I think I tell you, there's an outsider there, Barry, that I think just might might throw up a, a few few um, uh, as a surprise. I mean, I think Liam's got that Ballymac Fair one. He, he looks very special, and uh, I just want to mention before we go, unlock, unlock. What a run she did the other night after having a litter of pups um, to come that far from behind Queen Dolly um, was exceptional. So uh, hats off to the to the Matthews 
team. Um, she looks a, a wonderful, wonderful bitch. Unlock, unlock. But yeah, we'll 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 try and hang on to the English derby, Barry, and uh, let's hope that we can we can keep it over here. But I. I I fear that, it, that the money will be going back to Ireland. <laughs> a lot to look forward to over the, the next couple of weeks. We, we've been blessed here with top class action over the last couple of years. It just seems to roll on and roll on. And Paul, look, it was uh, great to speak to you on the podcast. Um, fantastic um, chat. And uh, thanks a million for, for joining us on the podcast. Yeah, I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. and I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry if I've talked too much. but uh... Makes my job easier, Paul. <laughs> it's a, it's a passion it's a passion yeah and I tell you it it, it come out like that as well so look we'll be keeping a close eye on your greyhounds going forward and uh, wishing a continued success in the world of greyhound racing yeah you're a good man Barry thank you ever so much I've thoroughly enjoyed it Talking Dogs on Thursday with Barry Drake for all the latest greyhound racing news check out grisland.ie forward slash talking dogs